Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Good morning. What's up, everybody? Come on, snob-free zone. Man, those announcements were out of this world. Ha <laughs> ha. We did, uh, y'all didn't know, but we had to bail them out of jail for, uh, for being on that little kid's playground in costumes. I'm just kidding. They were handing out candy and people were real suspicious of them. Um, that did not happen. That's just my bad imagination. Um, and so we're, we're going to jump into the word today. We, we're going to finish the series, um, uh, God of Miracles, and then we're going to jump next week into a series called House of Miracles. And so uh, we, I told you we're going to be preaching on miracles and just what God can do in your life. Uh, we've been having stories of miracles come in from our prayer time uh, in the men's group. They're sending in a few stories. One guy's hand got supernaturally healed as they prayed for his hand. And then uh, marriages are getting healed. Hearts are getting healed. Families are being restored. Uh, one story, a, a father went to a wedding uh, last week and he'd been estranged from his daughter. And uh, just just he, he comes to me at church last week weeping, saying, God did a miracle with me and my daughter. I danced with my daughter for the first time in I don't know how many years. I mean, come on, somebody. Like that's, that's a miracle of the heart there. And, and so today I, I, it's Halloween weekend, obviously. And so I'm going to preach on the Holy ghost. How's that? Cause in my neighborhood, I got all these wicked ghosts hanging in trees everywhere. And my dog was freaked out on a little walk yesterday and wouldn't walk around the corner. And, uh, and so I was like, I'm gonna preach on the Holy ghost. And some of y'all listen, y'all are Christians and, and, and you've been in church, many of you for years. And, um, and there's a lot of different teachings of the Holy Spirit. And what I'm going to ask you to do today is lay aside your uh, doctrinal biases. Lay aside what, you, what you've been taught and all the different things that you think you know about the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and it's just going to be us in the Bible. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today. And I'm going to give you the Bible today. Some of y'all are like, well, the Holy Spirit's weird. But you'll watch like Jeffrey Dahmer and Jason has a baby with Jamie Lee Curtis and Seth Meyers back. And Halloween ends and Rosemary's Hell Baby number three. And you, you'll watch it all. Be like, man, Halloween, Holy Ghost is spooky. It's just scary. Like, man, don't, come on, y'all. Everybody's watching crazy stuff out there. And, and, and when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we get a little bit intimidated. I, and there has been abuses and there's been some weird stuff in the name of the Holy Spirit. And I, I say it this way, the Holy Spirit's not weird. You're weird. And so, and so or, 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 or people are weird, right? And so if you've ever experienced some weird presentation of the Holy Spirit, well, that person was probably a little bit weird, right? And we all have a little bit of weirdness in our life. Uh, we're called to be peculiar, but not weird. And so I want to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. If we're going to talk about God of miracles, we have to talk about the Holy Spirit power. We have to talk about the one that was sent us. Uh, I did a series years ago called God on earth. He's the only God on earth we have. Jesus is not in your heart. Jesus is in heaven, seated by the right hand of the father in body form, in flesh, feel my flesh and bones. This is me. Touch my scars. He's in body form. He had, ate some food, ate some fish. He's ascended to the right hand of God. The glory of that is that a man made it into God's presence. A dude made it. Come on. Men and women can make it into God's presence because of what Jesus did. That gives us hope that we can get up there where God is. And, and, and but the Holy spirit is here. He, he is, he is in you when you get saved. And then he has that you have the opportunity to have him come on you and upon you and give you power. And so we're going to talk about that. And uh, we're going to go old school. Uh, the Holy Spirit gave me a verse, which I've never preached or used in conjunction with teaching on the Holy Spirit. And it, it's kind of a, uh, a little bit of a scary verse, um, especially when you look at it in the context that Paul talks about. And it kind of freaked me out a little bit. Like I was reading it and the Holy Spirit began to show me some stuff. I'm like, wow, that's, that's crazy. And so um, it's really the times that we're in. And uh, 
let me just read the verse to you. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Paul is giving a warning to Timothy. He says this, but know this, that in these last days, come on, we're in some perilous times. I, I just, it's just real. And I, I, I don't know, uh, the Bible says that darkness will cover the face of the earth. That, 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 that darkness will abound, but grace will abound all the more. So the power and the grace of God will abound more, but darkness will abound. Like it's going to get darker and we have to be ready and be ready with the power of God. And this is what it says that perilous times will come. Listen to this for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents. That's it. They used through that in there. Come on. Come on, young people. Come on, parents. Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. Like, look, look at the stuff he puts in the list. It's like, you know, unholy. Usually unthankfulness leads to unholiness. Unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And here's what blew my mind. Having a form of godliness. Like, you just gave a list of stuff I would never put in the same sentence as a form of godliness. Like, he's saying there'll be churches full. There'll be houses of worship full of people in the last days that are lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. Like I would, again, like it just hit me different. Like I've always preached this, I've always preached the fifth verse, having a form of godliness, but denying the power denying the power. The word power is dunamis. It's the same word for power when Jesus says in Acts 1 that you will receive the Holy Spirit. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Dunamis power. You'll receive power. It's dynamite. where we get our word dynamite. You'll receive atmospheric changing dynamite power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And I'm going to teach you on that. But, but this is the same word that they are lovers of all this stuff and they have a form of godliness but deny the power. Deny the dunamis. My title for today is don't deny the dunamis. Don't deny the dunamis. Let me pray with you real quick. Father, thank you for your power. Thank you that this isn't talking about any of us, that we don't come to church in form. We don't come for customs and traditions. We don't come for traditionalism. We come for a life-giving spirit. We come for the life change and power that comes from the Holy Ghost, from the Holy Spirit. Jesus, we can do none of this on our own. We can't change ourselves, heal ourselves, help ourselves. Holy Spirit, would you do the work in our life today? We thank you for the dunamis power in our life. In Jesus' matchless name, everyone said, amen. amen. Uh, I got my friend up here. I don't, I don't know this, this mannequin's name, um, but this, can I tell you that this mannequin has given more people on our staff a heart attack than you, than, you, than you can count? I've had three heart attacks probably just in the last year because of this mannequin right here. And, and I don't know who would do it. I think the production team, they, they, the mannequin showed up because they needed to use it for lighting and figuring out where the right lighting is as they present, prepared these lights for the, for the platform. And so they would use this to do lighting. And, um, and so someone got the bright idea after they were doing this for lighting, um, they would begin to put him at different places around the church to scare us. 
And so, and so one day, uh, I'd gotten, everybody got, has gotten got by this mannequin. I don't know his name. We need to come up with a name for him, but everyone's gotten got by this dude. And so, um, he, you would turn the corner and he's there. You're just like, ah, ah, I mean, just going down like literally. And then the other day I walked in, this is probably about six months ago. I walked into my, my office back here and there's a shower in my office and, uh, in the bathroom in there. And I turned and went and they had placed him in the shower. So I have a, I've got a toilet here and the shower here. The shower's all glass. And I turned to go and look in my office and there's a naked man in my shower. He didn't have clothes on. <laughs> that, that was when I made a rule that he has to wear his clothing, right? And so I, I about lost it. There's some words that came out when I saw that dude in the shower that I need to, that I was in this list right here with denying the power of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and, I, and I freaked out. And so um, it would disappear for a while. He'd come back and make an appearance, scare everybody. And I don't know, about a month ago, um, I walked, and I hadn't seen him in a while. And we pray in my office with the prayer team, ministry team at 9 a.m. And uh, I walked into my office at 7 in the morning, and someone, I guess, had just put him up by the, the mirror in my office, not in the shower this time, but in, in my office. And I went in, and I turned, and I saw him. I was like, ah! And it just got me again. Like, it had been about three months. And so I, was, I thought I was free from him. And that time, it just ticked me off. Like I got upset. I was like, who? And I was like, who put this freaking thing in my office? And I just, I grabbed it. I was like, man, put And I just threw the thing out into the hallway. I, I just. <laughs> I just, I just tossed it into the hallway. Right. And I didn't, I didn't even, I usually I'm like, like everything I'm neat and excellence. I threw it out in the hallway. It's like somebody, I don't care who finds that in the hallway. Somebody's going to have to figure out and pick that thing up. I'm dead for the last time with that thing. And, and, and the, the, the lifeless, formless body scared me. The, the lifeless, formless person that kept getting me, his head fell off. Praise God, he's dead for good. And, 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 it, and I went from being scared of it to being mad at it. And, and, and I think that we, we should feel the same way about formless church and lifeless Christianity and, and having a form of godliness, but not really changing or not having the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. Like we, it should scare us that, that we could be in that list somehow. Obviously, these people in that list weren't saved, but there's areas I know in my own personal life that when I deny the power of God, when I deny the Holy Spirit's ability to help speak truth, heal, and do something for me, I actually can easily creep over into some of those lists and those areas that Paul lists out saying you might be in danger sometimes it, it, denying or not receiving the power. This is what denying means, not to accept, to reject, to refuse something offered. Literally, the Holy Spirit is offering us not lifeless religion, not customs, not tradition, not coming to church on Sunday. He's offering day in and day out a power and a force and a relationship to speak truth to you and heal and set you free. And you and I can't do it on our own. We can't work miracles in our own heart. And, and so we can't deny. Here's what dunamis is. We don't want to deny dunamis. Dunamis is strength, power, ability, inherent power, power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature or which a person or thing exerts and puts forth power for performing miracles, moral power and excellence of soul, power consisting in or resting upon armies, forces and hosts. That literally the dunamis, the Holy Spirit is a power that rests upon an army. It's the power of God that resides inside of you and I, but not just in you. It can also be upon you and on you. And I'm going to talk about that today. I'm going to look at several of these thoughts about the Holy Spirit. And you and I need the Holy Spirit. 
You're like, well, I got saved. I have the Holy Spirit. Yes and no. Yes and no. Let me, I'll explain. I'll give you scriptures to back it up. Yes, you have the Holy Spirit when you got saved. But is there more of the Holy Spirit? Yes. And what does that mean? And what does that look like scripturally? And so that's what I want to get into today. today. I think uh, a lot of us deny the Holy Spirit or we think that he's just for looks. My wife has a very expensive bedding and throw towels. Come on. Any husbands out there that paid like a small car loan for bedding and comforters and, 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 throw pillows. Anybody pay for a lot of y'all pay any ladies buy those. Right. And you go to lay on them, like, get off that. You can't use that. You're like, why do we, why do we have that? Why do we have those towels? Those, those aren't for you to use. Those are hand towels. Why do we have them? They're expensive. They hang in the kitchen, right on the, on the, right there on the stove. Those are for decoration. You wiped your hands on them. Yes, I did. You wiped the counter with them. Yes, I did. Oh. <laughs> I, I paid, we paid a small fortune for that comforter. I'm going to roll all up in that thing. No, no, no. That's just for looks. That's how we treat the Holy Spirit. Jesus paid a small a fortune for the Holy Spirit to be sent to you. Now he paid with his entire life. He paid with his blood, with his sweat, with his with a beating, with the, he paid with everything to send the Holy Spirit to the church to empower us not to find ourselves in that list, to overcome addictions and fears and and and, and hatred and anger and unforgiveness and slander and bitterness and to, not to deny the power but to receive the power. And so you and I, I believe we need power. It's October thirty first. Uh, in a, a few days, and we're going to talk about the Holy Ghost today. You and I, we need all he has to offer. Let me read a couple of verses to you. Acts 1, 4 through 9, the last verse that Jesus spoke to us. At the end of the day, uh, today, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to go back into some worship, back into some ministry, and I'm going to open up this altar, and I'm going to pray for people that need the power of God. We're going to open up that baptism tank, and maybe some of you today, or after you hear me speak, maybe by the Holy Spirit, lead you to go and take a step of faith in there. Some of you maybe need to be saved for the first time. You've never really surrendered your life to Christ. Maybe you've come to church because of your family, your parents, you know it's the right thing to do, but you've never surrendered your heart to God. Maybe today's that day for you. In Acts 1, 4 through 9, this is the last words that we get from Jesus, literally his last words. And it says, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. And, and these guys, again, they're saved, and I'll show you this in a little bit, but he said, wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you heard from me, John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times and seasons that the father is fixed by his own authority. They thought he was going to set up his earthly rule at that time. He says, it's not that time yet. Then he says, verse eight, key verse, but you will receive power, dunamis power. You will receive, you will not resist you will receive power. You will not deny power. You will receive power. Come on for some UT receivers, somebody in Jesus name, killing wildcats all weekend long. You don't ever see a receiver run out. up and engage and get up here and go after because we're receivers. We're receivers. We come in here as receiving the power of God. I get my, come on. Okay. Thank you, God. We receive power. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when they said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him into the sky. So, so it's the last thing he said to us. Hey, don't, don't go try to do anything yet until you receive power. Don't, don't go do ministry. Don't go try to have a, a good marriage. Don't go try to be a Christian without power, without receiving power. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 4. He's given us an example, and here's the whole Christian existence right here. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud, that's the Holy Spirit, and were all passed through the sea, that's water baptism. Listen to it. Paul proves it. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud. That's the Holy Spirit baptized, immersed in the cloud. And they were all baptized in the sea. They went through the water. It was water baptism. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. The rock was Christ. So there's the life. There's the Christian life. They were baptized in the cloud. They were saved when they put the blood on the door of their, of their house. They get under a cloud. They're baptized in the power of the cloud. They go through the sea. They're baptized in the water. They come up and they drink from Jesus and they eat from Jesus the rest of their days in the wilderness. That is your and my life, a continual drinking from the rock of Jesus, a continual eating from the bread of life from Jesus. But, but these baptisms were one-time events that happened to the church in the Old Testament. And so, so there's three immersions. I'm going to give you some teaching if you take a notes today. There's three immersions that we see in the New Testament and, and in the Old Testament. But these three immersions um, are really what God has for us and has for you today. And many, maybe some of you have experienced several of them. Maybe some of you have experienced all three of them. But hear me, they all stand separate as different experiences. They all stand alone. They have to because nothing's attached to salvation. Salvation is by faith through grace, and it stands on its own. These other two immersions uh, are separate experiences from salvation, and I'll show you scripturally. So the first, um, the first immersion is one, baptized into Jesus' body. When you got saved, when you asked for Christ to save you, when you asked Jesus to save your life, uh, literally you were baptized into the body of Jesus, into the, into the global body of Christ. You were made part of God's body. You're a member of God's body. The Holy Spirit drew your heart to let you know you needed a savior. You said, yes, Jesus. Holy Spirit then came inside of you and made you born again or a supernatural eternal, alive creation in relationship with God. If you got saved, Holy Spirit lives inside of you. This is what 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we've all been made to drink into one spirit. And so many people teach there's not a separate baptism because that, that, it says it here, there's one spirit, but, but it's not accurate. And so, so literally here, it's salvation. Paul's saying that when you are born again, you are baptized in the body of Jesus and you're made to drink of the spirit. The Holy Spirit comes on the inside of you. Now your, your sins are washed away. You trust in Jesus. You're a new creation. Here, here's the thing. The Holy Spirit came to make you alive, not, not just good. Many people think he came to make you good. No, he came to make you alive so you could be good. Does that make sense? And so, so when the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, it's called regeneration. And literally, you're, you're not, it's not something added to you. Literally, the Spirit of God, I don't know how it works, but there's a place in you called spirit being, and it's dead. Every human spirit is dead. At birth, that spirit is not alive. They have a living soul, they have a living body, but their spirit is dead. That's the God part of them. It's not alive. God gave us a little bit of faith to believe him with when we're born. It's in us. And so when the Holy Spirit begins to speak to us, when we call on Jesus' name, the Spirit of God comes inside of us. Thank God. I don't, it's a mystery, but the Holy Spirit comes inside of us and makes that spirit being, the real you, alive and eternal to relationship with God. 
It's like plugging yourself into the socket. There's millions of and billions of people walking around not plugged in, right? And so when they say yes to Jesus, literally you're plugged in and now your spirit being, so your spirit being inside of you, that's where the Holy Spirit lives. You're literally wall to wall God on the inside. When you ask God into your life, when you ask Jesus into your life, holy, but holy, Jesus didn't come into you. Holy spirit came into you. So when you get saved, it says that we're to, we drink of the same spirit. It's like, take, it's like the Holy spirit is in me now. So if you're saved, you have all the spirit inside of you. I just got to say this because people go, oh, well, you say we don't have the spirit. If we get saved, there's some other experience. There is another experience, but you still have all of the spirit when you get saved. Does that make sense? And so, so right here, Paul's saying you, you have the spirit in you. Let me give you a practical picture of this. I got a lot to teach you today. In John 20, this is the first experience of salvation in the Bible. Uh, the disciples get saved. They haven't been saved yet. They've been with Jesus, but they're, but they're not, they're followers, but they're not saved because Jesus hadn't paid for sin yet. So now he's risen from the dead. He's come back to them and he's talking to them. He says this in John 20, 19 through 22. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where there were disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw it was the Lord. So Jesus said to them, peace be to you as the father has sent me. So I also send you and listen to this. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. Literally, he went to each of them. And said, receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came inside of them and made them alive eternally to God. First instance of salvation that we have in the Bible. So, so they get born again, receive the Holy Spirit. Now look at the parallel verse in Luke. Same story, parallel picture, harmony of the Gospels. Luke says it this way. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer. Now, again, you got to understand, both of these things are happening in both stories. We only get different pictures of each story. Does that make sense? So combine the two stories. Then he said to them, thus it is written and thus it is necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And look what he says. And you are witnesses of these things. Like you, you just received that. You just, you just got that. You just repented. You just got the Holy Spirit in you. You've been saved. You just, you, it's been preached to you now. You're witnesses of this. Behold, and then he says, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. Not in you, upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So, so he just, they just get saved. They're in this upper room, but Jesus still says, or they're in this room together, and Jesus still says, okay, that's good. You've witnessed this, but now go wait in Jerusalem and tarry until you have the Holy Spirit come upon you. Until it comes upon you. Are y'all track with me today? And so this is the experience of salvation. These guys experience that. But Jesus says there's a little something else. The second baptism is water baptism. The first baptism is into, into this body of Christ, into the body of Jesus. That's salvation. Second baptism, into water. You guys saw that today. Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Jesus. He's the one that leads you into salvation, convicts, and leads you. Pastors, people, friends, fathers, mothers baptize people into water. Does that make sense? So today, two people got baptized in water. Pastor Dylan, he baptized them into water. So they're the baptizee, the water they're being baptized into, and Dylan baptized them into water. Matthew 28 says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Third baptism, baptism into the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want to talk about today. And again, you're going to have to lay aside some of your, some of your doctrinal disagreements. And uh, I'm going to give you some scriptures here that really 
you don't have any choice but to. <laughs> it's so clear. And I know, listen, for centuries, people have debated it. But if we just read the verses for what they say, they're just clear. Baptized into the Holy Spirit. It gets confusing because there's been a lot of goofiness added to it. And, uh, and so people don't quite understand it, but it is literally a separate experience from, from salvation because God wanted nothing attached to your salvation. Does that make sense? Baptism of the Holy Spirit, what I'm talking about today, has to do with living a battle on earth. Come on, there's lions and tigers and bears out there, somebody. We, and, so, and so literally, there, there's, a, there's the power of the Holy Spirit that you and I need. Jesus, I was a youth pastor, and all these kids were getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. And one guy called me up, one of my leaders. He's like, man, this has happened to all these students, and you're the common denominator. I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> Jesus is the common denominator. Jesus is the one that baptizes you and I into the Holy Spirit. When it says baptized in the Holy Spirit, Jesus is still pouring out his spirit and pouring it out on believers and pouring the power of God out on you if you want it and ask for it. Jesus is doing that to this day. And so he baptizes. Here, here's, here's the scripture, very clear scripture that it's, it's separate experiences. Acts chapter eight, five through eight. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. He's preaching Jesus. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did for unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice. I've seen that happen. Crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed and they were in the city had great joy. Now listen to this, Acts 8, 12 through 17. But when they believed Philip, so they got saved. They believed the message of Jesus. When they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. So they believe, they get saved, they get water baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. What? You, you don't get saved without receiving the Holy Spirit. I've had pastors argue with me and tell me they weren't saved. You can't say they weren't saved. It says they believe the name of Jesus. They believe the gospel. They got water baptized. They, there, there's no way you can read that and say they're not saved. You just can't. These men and women are saved. And then the apostles are like, we heard they received the word of God, but the Holy Spirit had not. Listen, look, up, look what it says. When they came down, he prayed for them. They might receive the Holy Spirit for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. Again, the language is not internal. The language is upon. It's external. It's baptized in. It's submerged in. It's upon them. He had not. He, the promise of God, the father sending his spirit was that the spirit would come and clothe you and endue you with power and be on you forever. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come and go off of men and women, off of kings and, and priests and prophets. He would come and then go. He would come and go. In the New Testament, the promise is the Holy Spirit would come in you once you get saved, but on you in another experience to stay with you so you can walk in power and miracles and wonders out there in the earth. That's the promise. And so he's not fallen upon any of them. And in the last verse, it says they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them. And they received the Holy Spirit. So something happened in that moment, so much so that Simon the sorcerer saw that the Holy Spirit was given and the laying on the apostles' hands. And he goes, I want that power. I want to buy that. I want that. I want to purchase that. And Peter said, you don't understand the gift of God that you and your money perish. And then he repents. He's like, oh my God, I'm sorry. He was a drug dealer. And so he was used to exchanging money for drugs and potions. So he wanted to do the same thing when it came to the power of God because he saw the power of God actually working. 
But Peter says, no. So, so here's the, here's my question. Why do we need any of this? Number one, Jesus needed it. If he needed it, so do I. And you're like, what do you mean he needed it? Well, remember he went and got water baptized. He went down in the water, came up out of the water. What happened when he came out of the water? Heaven opened a dove looking like the Holy Spirit descended and rested on him to stay. He was baptized in the spirit. He had the spirit without measure. We have the spirit with measure. So he did things that we probably can't do, but maybe we can do one day. Bible says we'll do greater miracles than he did. That's not in, that's in quantity. That's in numerically, not, not like greater things, like better miracles. It's like, it's like we will do more because we're everywhere, empowered by the spirit all over the earth. And so he needed it. He also told you that you need it. When those boys got saved in the upper room or when they all, when the guys and girls got saved, he said, hey, go to Jerusalem and wait till you get power. Don't try to do anything. He, he commanded, he says, I command you. Actually, he, com- he said, I command you go and wait. Don't, don't try this stuff. <laughs> don't try this stuff without, without waiting for the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and many, many of us, look, just not just out of ignorance. Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren. Just not knowing that we've tried to live our lives in our own strength and own power. And so, so Jesus needed it. Uh, what, why do we need water baptism? I think, again, it's a public declaration. It's a full surrender publicly, letting the world know that I'm, that I'm saved and I'm, I'm not ashamed of it. And then we need three, the Holy Spirit. We need power, guys. I, I don't want to operate my own ability. I need the power of God. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. I need a guide. Have anybody ever taken a college class where the professor didn't teach and just told you to read the book? Oh, gosh. I can read the book. I need someone to talk to me, teach me, walk me through it. I ask a lot of questions, sir. They didn't like me in class. I'm in the back. You know, I make them earn their money. You know, I'm like, I got a question. Like, I had computer science, and, I, and he, just, he just threw the book out to us. That's why I can't do computers to this day. <laughs> You drop me in the Smoky Mountains tonight with a map and a compass. Uh-uh. No. There's bears. I need a guide. <laughs> but that's how we do Christianity. Well, I'm gonna read the Bible. Got a map. Got a compass. Jesus is the truth. You come up on some bears. You you need the Holy Spirit to guide and to direct and to speak to you and teach you and lead you into all truth and tell you what you need for the day and tell you how to overcome that anger and tell you how to get free from that pornography and that perversion, tell you how to get free from that depression, to tell you and speak to you how to rejoice and how to praise and how to receive and how to how to be who God's called you to be. I need a guide. And so we, we get a guide. The battle in the earth right now is for truth and lie. And, and we've got a guide that leads us into all truth. There's authority and power in truth that says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. There's an authority in truth that makes people free. I say, tell the truth and shame the devil. Come on, somebody. We, we, we have this guide. There's power in that. I need, I need power from the Holy Spirit to be not in the list I read earlier. I'm gonna pray for you today and we're gonna close up here in a second. I, I, need, I need power. I, don't, I can't do it on my own. Here's, here's some of the gifts that come with the power of the Holy Spirit. When you say yes and say, Lord, I want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. There's the word of wisdom. There's the word of knowledge. There's nine gifts. 
There's the word of knowledge. There's the word of prophecy. Some of you, if you, if you've never walked in any of these, then you need to, you need to pray and ask God for power and, and the Holy Spirit to, to engulf your life in a new way. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. What's word of wisdom mean? It literally means like a supernatural uh, drop of wisdom in your, in your heart that kind of helps you know the outcome of situations. Word of knowledge. A lot of times each week you'll hear me say, I feel like somebody here has this sickness or has that. I, that's word of knowledge. Something that you would have never known that you got from the Holy Spirit. Word of prophecy, that's encouraging somebody and prophetically saying, hey, this is who you're called to be. Um, and, and just having a supernatural ability to prophesy some things from the scriptures. Word of faith, like it drops in your heart and you're like, nope, my wife has the word of faith sometimes. Like the gift of faith where she's like, nope, this is what God's gonna do. I'll never depart from it. I know he told me he would do that. I, I know I called for y'all a second ago. You got a dead dummy right here in the middle. I turned around and just saw the, the mannequin laying with praising like that on the ground. Thank God he's not part of the worship team. The gift of miracles, the gift of healing, the gift of faith, the gift of tongues, the interpretation of tongues, discerning of spirits. Like all these things kind of freak some of y'all out. You're like, man, I don't know. Like these are God. These are the things God offers. <laughs> you can leave him, leave him. We're gonna, yeah, I'm going to preach. I'm going I'm to hang out with him. Dude, he has been disembodied. <laughs> Can we get ahead? arm. Just give him a head. Didn't need an arm. I, I, was, I was painting my house in July and August. Two months in the heat. Painted by hand. Six inch brush. 20 foot ladder. About killed myself. I, I finally decided when I got to a spot I couldn't reach in the house to go rent an aerial lift. Come on. I felt like, a, I mean, it was like power. That thing, just little joystick, put me up 30 feet in the air, 360 degree radius, 400 bucks for three days. It's the best $400, saved my life. And, and I was doing, I did more with those three days than I did in two months with my own strength. I had more flexibility. I had more power. I had more at my fingertips. I could, I could, and, and that's really what God's saying to us that we, there's more available for you. There's more to do in his strength in your own ability that you've been trying to reach things and fix things and do things and paint things and in your own strength. And like, yeah, you've got, I got two months. I got a lot of work done, but I was exhausted, almost died on the ladder. Come on. Some of y'all are burnt out in Christianity. You're ready to give up because you've been doing everything in your own strength. The reality is like, there's a, there's a power available to you. And I, my story, when I got saved, I rededicated my life in a Billy Graham uh, crusade in 1998. And for three years, I rededicated, I was a Christian and I was the biggest weakling in Christianity you could ever imagine. I couldn't get free from, from drinking and drugs. I'd rededicated my life. Couldn't get free from perversion and living a, a, a perverted lifestyle. I, I couldn't get free from certain mindsets. And I was a Christian. Like 
I, and, then, and then I stumbled onto a church like our church up in Somerset, Kentucky. And they gave an altar call one day for salvation. And I went down and rededicated my life again. But about two weeks later, I got water baptized. And then about a week after that, they said, who wants to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? I was like, what does that even mean? They began to explain to me from the scriptures. And I said, I want that. And I went into a prayer closet with several pastors and they prayed for us and they prayed for everybody, a bunch of people at the altar that day. The power of God came on me. And let me just tell you, I began to pray in other tongues in a supernatural prayer language. I, I began to get free from different addictions. And from that day forward, the other, I had boldness. I had freedom. I had power. I had courage. I had, I had so much. There was so much more. And I... I'm not saying it, it has to look exactly the same for every person, but I'm telling you, those things are available to all of us. And I'm risking to get you know, many people. I'm telling you because it's not just for me. I'm not. I began to pray in a prayer language every night. Miracles would happen. My friends are getting saved. It's not a special to me. It's for everybody. And God has it available scripturally for you and I. And I'm going to read a story to you. And I got permission to read this story. Dave Hanson, my good friends on the front row right here. Man, I'm so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably cry as I read this story. And uh, this, let me just read this story to you. My miracle was a deliverance from addiction. So I started using around age 14, but the time I was, by the time I was 18, I was full-fledged drug addict and alcoholic. Fast forward to age 25, by this time I'm using heroin, meth, cocaine, acid, ecstasy, pills, and alcohol. Pretty much anything that you... Uh, you, you had or, or were selling, I would do. I couldn't stay high enough to most of the time I was mixing drugs to get just the right feeling. I was pretty much, it was pretty much impossible for me to keep a job longer than a few months. I was sleeping on people's couches. I would find myself going home with strange women just to have a place to stay. Not to mention I was using sex to validate myself and make myself feel good because my level of self-loathing was so far beyond anything anybody could imagine possible. Initially, I started using drugs and alcohol because of my childhood. I was always felt like I couldn't fit in. I didn't feel comfortable around people. I would get high or drunk so I could kill the feeling of being an outsider. Substances made me feel my social awkwardness was taken away. I was constantly in survival mode. So alcohol and drugs made me made all that stuff go away and made me feel like I could function and get through the day. I had to stay numb. As my addiction progressed, I stayed high also to stay numb for more because of the shame I had created around my life. I just wanted to be happy in life and drugs and alcohol made that possible for a while. Around 2001, things got very bad. I ended up homeless on the streets of LA. One night I was lying in an abandoned car. That I was sleeping in. And I'd had enough. I was ready to end my life. In 1993, I had attempted suicide and ended in the hospital uh, and ended up in the hospital for a few weeks. I had died that night. To me, it was no big deal. However, I was disappointed that I couldn't even pull suicide off. I, it was another thing I'd failed at. And throughout the years, I had overdosed on drugs and died a few times. And they revived me to my disappointment. Anyway, it was Christmas Eve and I was lying in that abandoned car looking through the sunroof at the stars and I heard a voice today I will tell you the voice was the Holy Spirit no doubt about it the voice told me this is not what I created you to be this is not who you are you are my child and I have more for you this is not how it's supposed to end for you besides you've died many times along the way and I have kept you alive through it all I have bigger and better plans for you David 
The voice told me to get help. In the 20 years of using drugs and alcohol like a maniac only to see my life fall apart, I had never once thought of getting help. But tonight, for some reason, it, I was told to me that that's what I was supposed to do. This will be the first time I had heard the Holy Spirit and obeyed. The next day I went and found one of my friends and told them I needed to go to rehab and could you please take me? He told me he would strap me to the top of the car and take me the way that way if I changed my mind. So you can see even my friends who were on drugs knew my addiction was far greater and more severe than any of their cases. Mine was beyond human help and it was a good place to start. I entered a program of recovery and haven't used drugs since that night, which was 2006. <laughs> I went to Alcohols Anonymous and, and did it recovery from addiction and alcoholism. I never felt like I was done drinking though. 2014, I finally picked up a drink as I knew I would do someday. I drank occasionally for a few years, but when COVID hit in 2020, I started hitting hard liquor. I was drinking a pint of gin every day on my way home from work. My drive is 46 miles. So I was drinking and driving for 46 miles. And yes, I was drunk. I hated what I was doing, but I could not stop. I begged God to strike me sober. But nothing happened. I didn't slow down. I was hospitalized twice in three months for a total of four weeks due to severe alcohol pancreatitis. I heard something at church one day, one Sunday that resonated with me. The, the way I understood it was that I needed to be asking Holy Spirit for the strength to stay sober. So my prayer turned into God, please give me the strength to stay sober today. Don't do it for me, but give me your strength to overcome it. The Holy Spirit told me you have to take the first step and make the decision not to go to the liquor store and I will give you the strength to stay sober the rest of the day. So that's what I did. I would tell myself, I'm not drinking today, but I may drink tomorrow. I will. Tomorrow would come and I would make the decision not to go to the liquor store and God would keep me sober that day. And I would tell myself, I'm not drinking today, but maybe tomorrow. Tomorrow would come and I would say, I'm not drinking today and God would keep me sober that day. It's just like the Irish pub story that you told, free beer tomorrow. God has delivered me from addiction since 2005 and alcoholism for the past two years. The difference between this time and last time with the drinking is that I trust Jesus and the Holy Spirit today before I was relying on alcohol anonymous and my own strength to stay sober. Today, I rely on the Holy Spirit. The first time I quit drinking, yes. The first time I quit drinking, I spent 10 years sober waiting to drink. I still have the obsession to drink and the craving this time by turning my will over to the Holy Spirit and the power of God, relying on him and trusting him. I have no obsession. I have no craving. I'm completely delivered from alcoholism and it's a miracle to me. Love you, man. You'll find David on his face down here at this altar every week. Today, my life is so blessed. I don't need the things that make me feel good in my feelings. All the times that I died from overdoses and the one suicide attempt, not to mention all the times I was in places I shouldn't have been. There's only one possible explanation for me being alive today, writing this to you. I'm one of God's miracles. And for some reason, he chose me to show off his wonderful, his love is for us and how he will chase down, knock down walls, slay giants and go to the darkest places on the earth to find us, protect us, bring us back home to him. When you say he's madly in love with us, I believe it, Pastor. 
he would have been madly in love with me to put up with me all those years and come through and bring me back to him. And yet still he loves me unconditionally and has blessed my life beyond my wildest dreams. This is my miracle story. And I thank you for being my pastor and Transformation Church for being my church. Come on. Love you, man. Hey, Pastor Justin, will you, will you leave my buddy here? We tried to get rid of him for months. I'm, I want to. I'm going to keep him around for a while now. This this guy should be scary to us. And as we come today, I, I'd ask you just to stand to your feet, and our ministry team's going to come for a few minutes, and we're going to go back into a song. I'll take him down with me when I go. Thanks, man. And, and I just want to say, some of you need power. Some of you need the miraculous Holy Spirit power. Some of you have been saved and you've never been water baptized. This is open and available. We're going to have team members down here. They'd love to say, hey, we got some clothes for you. Some of you need to come down to this platform and get prayer for the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of you have been doing it in your own strength, in your own ability, and you're worn out on a 20-foot ladder trying to get to God. Some of you just have a dead, stale religion when it comes to God. You just maybe need fresh fire and fresh wind from God and fresh energy with your relationship with God. Some of you, it's kind of stale and maybe a little bit formless. Come on. We will not deny the power of the Holy Spirit today. Not in our church. Come on. We are open to all God has for us. I want to pray for you. We're going to worship God. And if that's you, if you say, Pastor, come on, I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Would you just begin to make your way forward? If you need water baptized, come on right now. I'm ready to go public with my faith. Maybe you need salvation for the first time ever. Would you walk down here and let me pray for you? Father, thank you for moving on us today. Come on, Pastor Justin, lead us in worship. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.